off the TSS after us, man. Welcome back, folks. It is me here today with two of our four horsemen. Uh, Chuck has um, COVID, or we would like to say uh, Expo Hangover. I don't believe he has COVID. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Expo it, Hangover for sure. It is Expo Hangover. It's Expo yeah. Hangover for sure. Yeah, it's cool. It's okay, Chuck. We're not your boss. Just you. <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever. Love the man, and um, I'm happy he tagged out. So, like, I'd, I'd rather tell us that early. But we're here. We're post-expo. I'm the only one who didn't make it. And do I feel bad? No, I didn't it? make it. Yeah. Oh, Justin, oh, Justin didn't go, too? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Cool. So we could shove past this and alienate Andrew. I was worried I was going to be the loser over here. So um, we'll, we'll shove through it. As always, I am your host, Fantasy Blue Chip out on the Twitter streets. In real life, you can call me Jag or Jagger. And with me is my other co-host, Andrew LaDuke, Mr. Sophistication, or Mr. Mallard. He's here to give us his always interesting takes. And if you like golf, he hosts the Divots of Pivots podcast. And from our mother show, or our big sister, or big brother, whatever you want to call it, uh, it is Justin Herrera. He's here to save your lineups. Fantasy Jesus here today. And training camp has started as we already knew, but more importantly, it's preseason. So we saw actual real games this week and, you know, we're free to fly off the handle with all kinds of opinions and jump to conclusions, but we're going to try to stay base for this show. We'll start out with the most recent thing that happened, and then we'll get into some preseason reactions later uh, with our news and nonsense. Uh, Traylon Burks, he sprained his LCL. That is, I, I wouldn't say it's best case scenario. Best case scenario would wouldn't be getting hurt at all, but it mm -hmm. is a scenario in which he isn't going to miss the entire season or a huge chunk of that. So um, it's a good thing the the Titans did sign DeAndre Hopkins. But what does this do for you guys as a fantasy manager? Like, uh, like where are you at on Burks to begin with? Uh, I think we already kind of know where Justin was to begin with on it. Like he said that you should get Chick. So you're like just super out now uh, with redraft. Where are you at with like Dynasty though? Um, yeah, so I mean I'm in the same place I am with redraft. I just don't believe in the talent. So if I don't believe in the talent, I mean I'm never going to say anybody's not a value. At some point you become a value. But Traylon Burks is not one of those guys that's treading downhill at a rapid pace in other people's eyes. So they're still going to waste high picks on him in Dynasty because they see the value of his youth, of his draft capital, and of the situation he's in. Me, on the other hand, I'm going to look at that like it's a bad offense. He was kind of overdrafted. And to be honest with you, like 
I, I don't believe in anything that's going on in Tennessee right now. I think that Mike Vrabel might be one of those guys. I've said it a couple of times. Might be one of those guys that's finally on the chopping block. And it's not because of his character as a coach. It's just because of the results he's been getting these past couple of years. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Andrew, where are you at? Yeah, so I've both redraft and dynasty. I completely agree with Justin. I've been out on trailing anyway, so this is no this doesn't affect me personally. Um, but like you said, the LCL sprain, you know, the the initial news that he was couldn't put any weight on his leg and was carried off the field, that's that sounded just awful. And I know people invested in him. Uh, but from a dynasty standpoint, yeah, at some point he is gonna be a value, but it doesn't make sense for me to grab him now. Personally, I think this might it might line up per- perfectly here to where uh, he has another, you know, he has a down year, uh, maybe two. They they figure out the quarterback though, and then once the quarterback's figured out, all of a sudden you're going to be able to get him late. You're going to be able to get him for a steal from another team, um, and that would be the time I'd be looking to pounce on when when there's a little bit more security around the rest of that offense. But now's not the time for me for Traylon Burks and, and Dynasty. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Like, uh, it's at the point now where um, since he's guaranteed to miss a couple of weeks, now people know that there's a dip, so they're going to be less likely to sell. And the people who yeah. will sell, they're still going to kind of they're, – they're going to want something. You know, like they're not just going to, like, bend over backwards. you got to wait to like, week three. If he's out of week three, that's when people forget about Traylon Burks. You know, some guys are 0-2. Uh, Justin, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to let you finish up, but I just wanted to add in this ups the value of Chigo Conquo and the guys who were buying him on the little bit of dip that happened when mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins came in and nobody was believing that he was going to actually be the guy who was going to be beneficial to that one rather than Traylon Burks. Everybody who believed that dipped him just like, and it was just like one or two spots, but that one or two spots was like another round where you could pass up on him and get him on the back end. And that's what I've, I've been doing all day long is getting Chigga Quanquo a little bit later than I was getting him before. Now it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, we're going to really see how people feel about him because this LCL could be something that persists into the regular season. And, you know, who knows? You might not be able to get somebody as talented as that guy anymore in the 10th or 11th round. He might be going in the, the 8th now. Yeah, there's – Justin, go ahead. Just real fast before we get off shake here, Justin, because I think you you bring up a point here that I think is important, especially in Dynasty. Are you waiting and getting Chig when you are to to be your late round flyer tight end one, or are you holding him on your bench as until the change of the guard comes for your team? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm t- it's a little of both. So I like to get my tight ends like I like to get my running backs now. I like to get them in bunches. So mm-hmm. when I'm looking at later round tight ends, I'm looking to get some two young guys. I'm looking to – my perfect combo is back-to-back Greg Dolce's Chigo Conquo. One yes. of them's going to hit. The other one's just going to age on the – like a fine wine on the bench. You know, and if I have to, I got two talented guys that I can put in a flex position. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. But for me, it's, it's actually a little bit of both. It's funny that you said that. It's a little bit of both because it's a rookie – or it's a flyer tight end one, but also I'm totally okay with him sitting on the bench and that offense just getting better progressively and getting more centered around him later on in the year. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I was actually going to stick on the, the the chick thing because uh, like you said, basically after DeAndre sat signing, uh, especially like in redraft, I've mainly been mocking. Like I don't, I, I'm a dynasty purist. I'm like way past doing <laughs> any more redraft than I need to. But like I do do the mocks and I know what I'm doing there. Um, but getting Chig super late has like a later, like it, and it's like a round or two. But the thing is for like a, my strategy, I've been doing like the hero tight end and I've consistently got Kyle Pitts where I'm comfortable taking him and then I'm getting everything else. And then that tied in two time after like people are overreacting with uh, Adam Trapman or reacting. I don't know yet. Regardless, Dulcich and Chig are two guys I'm able to get in bunches later. Like if I get Kyle Pitts early or let's just say that you fade all the way, like you could, you could easily walk away in a draft with like Evan Ingram, hmm. Chig and Dulcich. And I'd bet, you know, my middle nut that one of those guys are going to, you know, be a tight end one for you. So like you make an excellent point so to circle back to the issue at hand um when you talk about you're not willing to spend a high pick andrew we'll start with you then we'll come back to justin are you willing to spend a second on um on on trailing burks to buy um no no i i honestly i, I view him as unviable right now just but that's my own personal views i've been i've been down on trailing burks um, for a while, I think his price is just too high because I think people, I think he's had just enough hype in this off season before this injury to where uh, people are gonna still be trying to get that second or third round pick out of you for him or, or higher. But I, I think his price is just too much right now. I, I he's gonna be he's only valuable to me if he dips, and because like I said, I think there's too much question about that offense, the offensive line and the quarterback, uh, the most two most important things to where there's too many factors that he can't control. Um, that is, is going to affect his output coming forward. Yeah. And I feel like he's getting close to that Rashad Bateman. Like we kind of see like parallels mm-hmm. there where um, like, uh, I still think there's meat on the bone as far as talent. I'm not as down on him as Justin is, but like um, two guys who flashed in their rookie season, but like can't get on the field. And then he's almost worse off because um like, to be honest, Rashad Bateman was way more pro-ready than Traylon Burks was in a vacuum. Yeah. Really want to say. And then three, like, like again, just to make the point that, like, it's hard for me to really believe in Vrabel because you you burned uh, what was, like, a second rounder on on um, another QB and Will Levis. And, like, you could have moved up. You could have done something. If you really wanted to save your job, you would have done everything you can to get Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. You know, they settled and they waited, and then they take Will Levis. He doesn't look good. All the things that I've been saying about Will Levis, that is happening right now. I don't think he can read the field. He can't even process pressure. He's taking a lot of sacks. And then someone like Malik Willis, who I also don't really believe in, is – beating him in practice and has mm-hmm. made improvements, but it's just, it's not good. And then you got to think Tannehill is on his way out. Like what do the Titans look like? You've got an injured player who hasn't proven himself, who's possibly coming in, um, who's coming in on the, uh, when another regime can get their guy. You got to think if the t- Titans are bad, they could possibly get, um, they, they could, possibly get um marvin jr you know that's that's a talent that you're going to want yep. to trade up for and they'll be in that range where they can afford it and, so, and then that, that um i'm definitely worried about it. Burks. 
that just completely moves Traylon Burks out of the picture in my eyes. I, I just think Marvin. I think yeah. Marvin Jr. is just he's going to project so much better than Burks. Oh yeah, hands down. That's not even a question when you talk about like athletic yeah. profiles or, or receiver profiles in general. Um, you got to be you got to be super high. You know, you know, I won't pop in the graphic because we're trying to get Justin back in here. But uh, you got to be super high <laughs> if you don't think that Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't one of the best prospects, arguably ever. But like he's ar- yeah. he's already kind of the dynasty ar- like wide receiver at three. If you really think about it, um, yeah. we'll move on so- to the next bit of the news um and uh justin should be coming in we really want to get his opinion on this but uh brock Purdy's officially officially the starter and as someone who's bought a lot of trey lance and thought there could be a chance this should have been no on it like i needed this i really needed it like months ago Mm -hmm. but like i got it now um it's it's a Brock Purdy show, man. Like they don't believe in Lance. Uh, he, he feels good about like uh, like to be honest, like uh, Kate Magju, uh, Kate Magju, like she's someone I don't always agree with, but here lately, man, I don't know what it says about me or someone else. Um, uh, she's been on fire lately when it comes to her takes, but Mac Jones should be in that room. That's the quarterback I think they won the whole time, but it's one of the yeah. the flashy player that fits the the model of the modern um the nfl with lance so um, yeah well that was the whole thing everyone everyone was so sure they traded up for mac jones that was the word on the street which i think we've seen now like that also would have been a mistake maybe less of a mistake but do you think mac jones was worth what was that the second overall pick was that what they traded up to was it two or three yes i'm very much a believer in mac jones like do i think I think Mac Jones would have been better in Kyle Shanahan's system than he would have been in sure. Belichick's. Like he would be a better player right now because uh, Kyle Shanahan's proven to develop players, um, whereas someone like um, um, someone like Belichick has gotten lucky a couple of times by a couple of times of being once with uh, Tom Brady. You know? <laughs> so it's just like it's one of those things, you know, where um, I believe in Mac Jones and what he offers. And I do as I well, think, by the way. I do as well. Yeah. And I think the 49ers, they want someone who could take care of the ball and read the field. And and they, they, they want the um uh they want the old school method. I can't think of his name right now. Um Bill Parcells. They want the Bill Parcells quarterback. Oh, sure. with a lot a lot of experience who uh, again he's had four years of college and been productive. He can make every throw for the most part. He was he's not gonna wow anyone out of combine, but at the end of the day, he can make the right decision and make that offense hum and he's surrounded by playmakers. So we got our 49ers guy in here. Before we actually talk about Trey Lance and what that means and what to do with him, what what is your reaction of the Brock Purdy news? go justin i mean what's gonna happen you know i got i just tuned in a little bit to what you guys were saying and it's spot on like kyle shanahan he made a huge mistake and the huge mistake was thinking that he can actually develop a quarterback it wasn't the huge mistake was trey lance it wasn't that trey lance he's got attributes to being a good quarterback but kyle shanahan has never shown a history of developing quarterbacks he is best when there's a quarterback that knows how to play the game and knows how to like make his progressions, doesn't need work. I mean, think about the best quarterbacks he's had. Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, Matt Ryan. You know, even to some level, Jimmy Garoppolo. These are all guys that were seasoned at some level 
to where they can mm-hmm. just go out there and run the offense. Now you enter a guy like – and this would have been Josh Allen. This would have been – everybody's like, oh, we should have got Justin Fields. No. I mean, to be honest with you, Justin Fields was a, a farther along product than Trey Lance, but he wouldn't be learning anything from Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it's just – he just doesn't know what to do when it mm-hmm. comes to having an – under developed quarterback with a lot of potential with an uncapped potential so i think the best thing they can do for him is to trade him i hate to say it because i really wanted to see what trey lance would do in this offense but i mean the best thing for this offense is brock purdy and the real best thing would have been mac jones because he would actually been qb ready and it would have no upside to it but Oh, you don't need upside with this offense. This offense does itself. No. You know, they got to a Super you Bowl. You got to do your job. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just got to do your job. And, um, and like, I, I think it's not even just that he can't develop them because he's made, like, Nick Mullins look good. Even guys who, like, are, like, really poor prospects, he's, ma- he's made them shine. It's that he doesn't have any time. He needs to win right now. He, de- he doesn't have time mm-hmm. to do what the Colts are doing with Anthony Richardson. Like, like, like here's this guy that is ready to roll, and he can get a dynasty rolling right now. So I guess we'll, we'll go back to the problem at hand, and, like, especially, like, redraft, you're, you're screwed. Like, Scott Fishbowl, I took Trey Lance because it was right there, and I'm too much of a dynasty guy, and it's too damn tempting, and I still took him. So, like, and that's that's my QB3. But, again, it is – it's it's super flex. So, like, that's a problem. So, we'll just take that off the board with the dynasty aspect. Are you still willing to buy Trey Lance on the cheap? Do you think there's a future there? Obviously, they need to trade him. So where where are you at with that? How much are you paying for him, Justin? Where are you at? Um, definitely trying to buy him on low, but yeah, I mean, you know, listen, your Scott Fishbowl team it might be fucked in the early season, but let's like let's <laughs> let's focus in on the problem here. Kyle Shanahan has a long history of getting his quarterbacks injured because he plays around with the wrong blocks and he does. And like he thinks that he thinks that his schemes are too cool for school. He thinks he, everything that he's dialing up is just going to work all the mm-hmm. fucking time. And that's what ended mm-hmm. up getting freaking um, Brock Purdy screwed in the NFC Championship game because he put Tyler Croft on Hassan Reddick. Like, come on now. Like, can we just at least try and put our so-called pro ball right tackle? Can we just make him the priority on this pro, this legit pro ball monster defensive end and not put the third string tight end? He wasn't even the second string. He was the third string tight end in to block this guy. So, you know, long story short, Trey Lance still has a very valuable chance to be starting at some point this year because if, if you're getting Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, they're going to carry – Everybody's nobody's thinking it, but they're going to carry four quarterbacks going into the season just because of the fact that in the past, Jimmy Garoppolo has had injury history with the 49ers. Trey Lance has had injury history with the 49ers. He broke his finger his rookie year. He broke his ankle his second year. You know, this is just kind of how it rolls in San Francisco. It's one of the little things that always happens as a quarterback is injured. Mm hmm. So and as I, far as the value uh, so, goes, I'd probably trade like a maybe tops third rounder for Trey Lance. Oh wow, that low. 
Um, where where are you at, Andrew? Yeah, so I, I agree that I am also still going to, depending on the state of my team, I am going to still buy Trey Lance. But with the idea that it's too 50-50 for me on Brock Purdy. Do I think Brock Purdy is good enough to run this offense right now? Yes, but I, I do also subscribe to that thought that Kyle Shanahan may not be able to develop a quarterback because he, you mentioned Nick Mullins. That was such a small sample size that that was just – I think he was able to scheme in in a, in a small window of time. He was able to scheme it up right to where it worked, uh, and he rode an adrenaline high in that sense. We might still be seeing that kind of same window of time with Brock Purdy here. I think there's a very good chance that halfway through the season, Brock Purdy is just not the guy in the end, and they do try to mix it up with Trey Lance. So, yeah, I'll buy him for low. I'll, I'll buy Trey Lance for like a third or fourth round pick, but um, – but but I'm not I'm not buying him as my starter, and if I'm getting a win now situation, I'm I'm not gonna buy him for that. Yeah, like I'm in a situation where um, again I have Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, and Trey Lance on the same team, and like I'm on a, I got a contender roster, and like again I got a lot of talent, but I build my teams with like what through QBs and receivers receiver. I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing, I'm looking great, but like, I, I got to consider moving Lance just because I'm in that, I'm in that position. Mm-hmm. And like the key is just not getting bent over. And to be honest, I will pay a second for Trey Lance. And that's because again, in Superflex, you got to think that regardless of what you think about Lance, everyone agreed that he was at least a top four or three, or three or four QB talent because that was a really deep QB draft. And he, he was a really good player. He just needed some work and had very little experience. So with that being said, these guys are like someone's going to trade and probably try them out for the most part. And again, I'm running kind of off the statistics here. These guys are going to get another shot. So in Superflex, I'm willing to, th- if I'm desperate, I'll throw a ringer out on them for, for a second. But when now it's hard for me to, to, like again, I'm like, like, what do I do? I'm really again. It's like, who watches the Watchmen? I'm in that scenario where, I'm like, man, I'm in a tough situation where I got Burrow, Daniel Jones, and and Trey Lance. So, like, who's gonna buy Trey Lance is another question, you know. So, yeah. um, I guess we can go ahead and move on to the next bit of news. Zeke signs with the Pats. So, um, that's that's whole that's two whole questions there, and um. One, do you like Zeke? And two, does this bother your waking for Ramondre Stevenson? So, Justin, we'll start with you. Do you are you buying Zeke? Does this change your ranking of Ramondre Stevenson? I mean, Zeke's so damn cheap. Um, I'll I'll draft him. Sure, I'll I'll buy him for a, a one year rental. Hell yeah, I will. Um, I mean, really, like, what are you really gonna throw at Zeke right now? How can you how can you rationalize Zeke for a second? You can't. Mm-hmm. You really can't. So we're talking third and down. Sure, that's pretty much a you know a shot in the dark anyway. So might as well. Um, and Ramondre Stevenson, no, I am not taking him down at all. This is a guy who got to be the uh, RB seven in PPR the hard way by getting tons of receptions, fourteen hundred scrimmage yards. And this guy didn't have 10 touchdowns. So I look at that. I'm like, okay, you know, even if Zeke comes in here and poaches a lot of goal line stuff, 
this offense alone under Bill O'Brien has got to be better than it was last year. And I think that mm-hmm. means it's going to be a little bit more focused on its best weapon, which is Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hey, Andrew, where are you at? Yeah, I completely agree. Ramondre Stevenson still sits right where he should as uh, you know, a top 10 running back in my eyes, both redraft and dynasty. Uh, yeah. If I will, same thing. I will take a one, like a, a one-year flyer on Zeke for cheap because I do think he will get some fall in the end zone goal line touchdown points here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more of an indictment on it. If you put any stock in any of your Pierre Thomas or, or Kevin Harris, um, this is a big indictment on that because it's not – the Patriots weren't exactly short on bodies in the running back room, and they were still out there looking for Zeke or for Cook or um, for somebody else. Uh, which tells me they have no faith in what they've seen out of Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris, which does surprise me because what we saw out of them last year wasn't uh, wasn't terrible. There, there was some hope. There was some light there for them. So this feels like that he's just going to play his role. He's going to be a pass blocker because that's the one thing he can still really make an impact on, um, and he might they might scheme up some plays for him to get some surprise goal line uh, running with. Honestly, I think with both him and uh, Ramondre in the game, I think we're going to see a lot of – both of them in the game are on the goal line and they might give it to him a few times and then try to trick the defense. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's like, it's like you said, like I, uh, again, my Scott fishbowl team, every news update is like a, a hit on my roster. Cause like, uh, I, I really bet on uh, it, granted. I paid nothing for him. He was like one of my last two. Yeah. Picks, but when you, when you're a running back fader, I really, I really hope some of those late guys hit and like Pierre strong was a guy I really wanted to bet on. And I saw a role for him. And like now, because I like Ramondre, I don't want to roll for Pierre at all. Like I basically only, yeah, I only want to see Zeke and Ramondre on the field. And like you said, I still think Ramondre has top five upside where he's at. He already had top five upside with Damian Harris, who was better than Zeke is right now. And that's just objectively mm-hmm. true. So, like anyone who's freaking out about Ramondre, they've just been waiting on some kind of news like this since the day they drafted Ramondre. I'm not being dead serious. I've owned yeah. Ramondre, and everyone's like, I don't know what the Patriots are gonna do. I'm like, bro, I'm a Patriots fan, and he's the best running back I've ever seen in years. Yeah, we haven't seen this type of running back since Corey yeah, Dillon. Even then, Corey Dillon couldn't catch the ball like Ramondre can. Yeah, I just like you guys don't under you guys like like you look with your eyes, man. Like stop, like get like move past the Patriots. You know, it's 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 a little wild. So I agree. So we'll just shove past that one. Another one that I think is a little bit more impactful is Dalvin Cook to the Jets. Um, I think this definitely fades Brees Hall for for redraft, but in Dynasty, I don't think he moves at all. Like, to be honest, mm-hmm. like, uh, like I think they're less inclined to push him to be good immediately. And at the same time, he's only probably going to get 12 touches because they don't need him to, to, to get wore out. So, um, uh, Andrew, where are you at as far as Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook? Is it like, pretty much the same as, like, I, I think the Zeke scenario, except Dalvin is actually, a, like, a, a solid player. I still think there's gas in the tank. You know, so like definitely now, if you're desperate, I think he's worth a buy. I'd probably pay a late second, but that's rich for me. Where are you at, Andrew? I completely. Um, oh, he's fixing the sound. Justin, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, freaking A. I completely agree with what you said. This changes nothing for uh, Brees' dynasty value. His redraft value takes a little bit of a hit. But, you know, I've been thinking this for pretty much the entire time. Brees Hall has always been kind of, in my mind, the second-half player. Like, he's the guy that you want in your lineups from weeks 8 to 17 because that's probably when he's going to do his most damage. Um, I don't know if Dalvin's going to take half the snaps already or if they're scheming him to have the majority of the snaps and kind of get Brees back into it. But I will say this. At what Dalvin's been going, he's kind of been a steal because he's been going around that sixth, seventh round. And like you said, he's still got tons of gas in the tank. He gets these Mm – He's like um, he's like Josh Jacobs. He gets these little nicks. Like he's always got that banged up shoulder. And then whenever he gets the fucking little attachment, like the fantasy footballers always talk about the uh, what is it? The oh man, god damn it! Uh, but they always <laughs> make fun of it because it's like they're always just like, oh, Dalvin's got it on. He's got his little attachment on. That means he's gonna go for a hundred and fifty, a buck fifty, and a touchdown. And somehow he always has a good game when he's got that like sleeve thing going on his shoulder. So, you know, this is a guy who he's got a ton of value. I mean, I would still in a dynasty league, if we're if you're really desperate and you've got that team that's making that push, I would go as high as a late first round pick. Because if I want to push it, I want to win a chip. I don't know about next year. I'm focused on this year. I'm going out and I'm getting somebody as valuable as a Dalvin Cook. Um, in my home league, and granted, this is a home league, I saw someone spend a first on Zeke and Dalvin Cook, and I thought that was the mm. dumbest fucking trade on the planet. I thought it was, was, I thought it was the shittiest. Yeah. yeah, he traded a, a first, first for both of them. Yeah, I thought that's the shittiest <laughs> trade. I've ever I don't think seen. it's the shit. I don't think it's the shittiest trade because I'm kind of closer trade. to Justin to where I, I'm willing to pay like a mid, like a mid second to to early second for Dalvin Cook right now because I do. Sorry, my my mic cut out there for a second before, but um, I I agree. Dalvin Cook has something left in the tank. I don't even think this is necessarily an indictment on Brees Hall and redraft. Even like I, I think the way this offense is being set up is that. Aaron Rodgers was able to make both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon uh, very um, useful in the fantasy world at the same time. Now the question is, which one is going to be Aaron Jones and which one is going to be AJ Dillon? And if this feels like a long-term play to me for Brees Hall, to which he's still right where he should be in Dynasty, to where I feel like at the value right now, Dalvin Cook has a bigger chance of being the the Aaron Jones in this situation from a short-term redraft standpoint, at least to start the year, yeah, I'll, I'll pay that that early to mid-second round pick for him. Um, no problem, because I, I think this this land, this is a perfect situation for him at the Jets because yeah. they want to win now. They want to conserve their future as well, and they, they'll, they'll use him for that one, maybe two years here that they have him. Yeah. Um, I... I... Uh, yeah, I guess I, – I don't know, man. I can't spend a first in Dynasty because I think that a good day two at the latest running back is always going to be twice the value as a burnt-up vet. Like like, like, you're, like you're, you're buying – you're burning 
really good future value in favor of of like to me depreciating assets. Let's put it this way: I have almost a hundred percent exposure to Zay Flowers because he was going at like the one hundred eight and one ten, yeah. and you're willing to throw that away for Zeke and Dalvin. That's why I wouldn't spend it. Again, I get if you're desperate, but I, sure. maybe that's where I go wrong sometimes. Is like I am not willing to be the Rams. Like I don't, I don't do the Rams on my team. I will never ever spend a first for old town. I will spend a third, a hundred percent, a second. I'll probably cry that night, but I'll be willing to do it. It's just, it's hard for me to do it. But again, that's just how I build my rosters. Um, a younger running back that got hit and then we'll pay the bills. Kendra Miller has a knee sprain. The already messy backfield that is the saints is even messier. I didn't like Kendra Miller as a prospect redraft. He's one of those late picks where um, you're, you're just kind of like hoping he lands. Uh, I just did a mock draft with Jay Felicio that'll be in the athletic. That's right. I'm in the athletic now sometimes. Uh, uh, I got him as my last pick in like a 14 round draft. Uh, uh, so I, I still think he's worth it for at least redraft. Where are you at with Dynasty, Andrew? You look like you're, you're, look like you're ready to go. Your mic problems again. No. There you go. Nope, there it went again. Justin, take it away. Yes, sir. Um, I am right there with you. I did not like him as a prospect. I did not like what he played in college. He, I mean, tell me a good college team that he played on defense. And, you know, I mean, Georgia didn't do shit against them. Uh, Michigan, yeah, they were okay against the run. Uh, yeah, and then you add in the fact that he's got to play with Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara when he inevitably comes back. I think this was kind of a filler pick for the Saints. They were kind of just taking a late-round flyer to see if he was worth anything. He might still be. I could be completely wrong. I've been wrong many times before. Well, they actually spent a third-rounder on him. They spent a third-round. Like, like if you think about the capital they yeah. spent on running back this offseason, they spent Jamal Williams, who's 28 years old. They, they paid him decent money. Then you have Alvin Kamara, who's like paid decent money. they knew something was going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, yeah. I, I don't get the Saints. I, I still don't feel any different about Kendra Miller. I have zero shares of Kendra Miller. Again, from a mock draft is where I had Kendra Miller. And is it, but that's crazy. If they spent a third-round pick on him, nobody – I've ever – I haven't been on a rookie draft where he has gone higher than, you know, like 2-9. Like you would think it, that, you know, he would be freaking like up there with like even like a 1. And – People were showing me where he was up there as like a 112 at one point. I was just like blown away. I was like, what are we freaking doing here? It, it's one of those things where like I think people overlove him for where he's – because like he's probably a value at a 2-9. When you consider in a vacuum just the draft capital for running back on an, in an ambiguous draft field. But but when like for me, again, like, like resident like rookie film grinder and scout – that all the tight ends and receivers in the second round I put over Kendra. Like I would draft Josh Downs, I would draft Marvin Mims, I would draft Michael Mayer. I have consistently drafted Sam Laporta, Jaden Reed, all those guys I would take before I took Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller is one of those guys. Like if I have the last pick in the twelfth at the two twelve, 
and no one, uh, even Devin and Shane is off the board. Like worst case scenario, I would probably trade that pick. And then if I would draft them, it's one of those things. As soon as the draft over, I'm popping them on the trade block because I don't believe in the prospect that much. And again, it's one of those things. I think he is fine. I think he's not bad, but like you said, he's just like not that special. And in, in this new modern NFL with running backs, I'm only looking for players that are special or a lot better than what Kendra Miller is. So that's why I'm not willing to buy him. I'm not willing to buy the dip. I'm okay letting someone else like have him. Like I'm, that's not a priority pick for me. So Right. The best you could hope for is that he has a Tyler Algier season. And then what does that say? You know, like, okay – you're good. You got a thousand yards. You didn't get 10 touchdowns, but you got a thousand yards. That still doesn't really put you in like an almost win-win situation as far as fantasy, because you look at the value that you put into him. You're putting a second round pick into him. I'm getting Sam Laporta in the second round. I'm expecting yep. big things from Sam Laporta. Yep. I'm not Immediately. expecting huge things from Keandre Miller. For sure. Yep. yep. I, I agree a hundred percent. So Granted, we're not fans here, so we'll pay some bills. And while you're there, make sure to like and subscribe and uh, tell us what you think. Make sure to hit us up on Spotify. And uh, we'll see you after you talk to Gingerbread. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Good girl. Again, always use TSS Dynasty if you're fancy. Uh, that's how we get paid, and that's how you support the show. And as always, like, subscribe, hit the bell, do all the fun stuff. So we're going on to preseason reactions. Um, I, every, I, I think there's an appropriate amount to react to everything. Everything matters. So don't say like the preseason doesn't matter because like some of it does like, like, like guys lose their job every day because of the preseason. So uh, one person that I'm really concerned about because there's just been a lot of smoke throughout the camp and you could say that I'm overreacting or not or whatever, but Jameson Williams, he's, he's gotten into fights in camp, which happens, but with his own team and not in joint practice, and then on top of that, he's suspended from gambling, which I still think is kind of bullshit. I'm not hating on him, but it, it, he there's a clear problem with immaturity that's came out of this camp. And then he went for like he only got like two catches on eight targets for 18 yards. And then he had like again, it's a drop in preseason, but he just doesn't have a lot of room. We're going on like year two or three with this guy, you know, Justin, where you're at. With, with Jameson Williams, are, are you buying or selling the, the smoke? Or where, where is he at on your busto meter? Um, not incredibly high. He's kind of like the middle. Um, you know, the talent is obviously still there. And, I mean, if we've seen anything in the NFL, you know, talent will win out if it's like – if it gets in the right situation. I think he's in the right situation. I 
definitely think there's uh, maturation issues there. I think he definitely needs to have somebody, a vet, pull him aside. Maybe Amon Ross St. Brown pull him aside and say, hey, man, we got to – this is a team. We got to work with these guys. You're not going to go out there and start throwing fists. You need to start being smarter, work a little bit harder, and make these guys earn your respect or, you know, you know, earn their respect. So, you know, for me – I would take this situation and I would go and start asking people because if we have smart people like you Jagger in the room, then somebody's worried about it because if somebody is in that space where they're like, Holy shit, this guy could, he's dropping passes, but he could be fucking, you know, you know, having fights with his teammates, they could overthink it. And if you overthink, sometimes you make rash or brash decisions and you kind of go about it and you go, oh, okay, you know what? At least I'm getting some return and I'll get a second round pick for Jamison Williams. And guess what? Jamison Williams, at this point, you were just talking about going after talent. He's got the talent to really have a game-breaking year when he gets on the field. Even with him missing six games, he has that ability in him that he could absolutely still finish in that top 36 missing six games. Maybe even a little bit higher. I think that might be too hot of a take, but I still think that this kid's got a lot in him. Andrew, where are you at? Hmm. Is Mike still messed up? But where I'm at is um, essentially, I, I think Jameson Williams is good, but maybe he's not as good as we all thought he is, and we want him to be. We want him to be Jalen Waddle. We want him to be Tyree Kill, and he might wow. he might be Will Fuller. And like Will Fuller, if you got to really think about it, it is just okay at best. So I, I, I um, Will Fuller I, was I very good, but he was a flash in the pan good. Like he would just show up, but he would also just like because remember Will Fuller had like two touchdown games, like sometimes even like routinely. But it was like whenever he would show up on the field, he would miss like six games, even with a suspension. Like he would miss six games on injury. So that was, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's a really good comp. I think skill set wise, he's about Will Fuller. But, you know, God damn, when Will Fuller was healthy and on the juice, that was a good season. season. I I know Jamison Williams is someone I've really tried to buy all last offseason. Um, I like, and it, it was just too rich for my blood. Like everyone wanted, um, actually this offseason, everyone wanted like a first form before the draft. And I, I couldn't get myself to spend like a whole first on him. Like I even tried to spend a second and a player. Like, I think I even tried to move Rashad in a second for, for James Williams and people wouldn't buy that. So like I missed out on him and I have zero shares. It's just, it, for me, I guess he's not a priority. And I like every, I like every other um, every other asset on that team better. I like Amon Ron St. Brown, obviously better. I like Sam LaPorta better. I like uh, Montgomery better. I like Jameer Gibbs better. I just like, and and that's why I can't buy Jameis Williams. Like, why would I want to buy my least favorite asset at a premium? And it, even now, whatever you call it, a dip, it's not a real dip in my opinion. So I'm not like super ready to spend on him. Um, so he's a hard sell for me. Andrew, you ready? You good? No, nope. still can't hear you. Yeah, just pull um, it all off and run with uh run with the computer. Yeah. 
Um, next, we'll move on to the Eagles backfield. Um, we're close on time anyway. Um, right now, it's who is who is the RB one? Every day you hear it's Kenneth Gainwell. The next day it's a Swift day, and then the another day it, it, it's it's Rashad Penny. Where are you at? Who do you think is the RB one? Or is it going to be kind of the same? Uh, like, is it going to be like that? Where like one game it might be somebody, and and the other day it might be like nobody. A Jalen Hurts day. Um, where are you at, Justin? That's what I'm kind of afraid of. I'm kind of afraid of the best option in this like entire backfield is just going to be Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, the way that that preseason game went down, it made kind of Rashad Penny look like the lowest man on the totem pole. But I don't believe it. Like he's he's got the talent, and you know he's he's got everything you want Kenneth Gainwell to have, but he just doesn't stay healthy, right? He's got that explosive uh, speed. You know he's got some power to him. He's got a little wiggle in him, but he just never stayed healthy. Trust me, I, I like Kenneth Gainwell. I, I thought the world of him at Memphis. I thought that if he had come back. For that COVID year, he probably would have been a day one pick. Um, he was just – he was all over the place. He was a Swiss Army knife at Memphis. But it's just – I don't know. In the NFL, he just hasn't – that game hasn't necessarily transitioned to being a huge game breaker. So it's hard for me to imagine him being the number one, like the solid rock – rock like locked in um, number one. It's going to be a 1A, 1B, 1C situation, and they're just going to let whoever has the hot hand run it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andrew, are you with us? Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Well, Nothing. I, I think I'm officially um, – I don't know. I, I'm still buying Swift because at the end of the day, I think he's the most talented. So that that's who I'm. I, sure. I, I try to buy, and he, he, like to me, if you want to think of um, of someone who fits like the modern RB one, like it, it it has to be him, you know. Um, so it, it, Rashad Penny, someone I, I know you're not supposed to actually be, like like bet on injury or anything like that, but it seems like this guy misses so much time that I'm just not willing to get him. And then Kenneth Gainwell, on the flip side. I like him at price. So those are two guys I'm willing to buy at the end of the day. Um, so, so I, I got I, something I, for you real quick. Uh, I got go a ahead. question for you. So I know, you know, David Gautieri. Um, oh, yeah. He's a favorite follow of mine as well. He made a trade for DeAndre Swift. I he saw the trade. J- you saw it. Jane Reed, Marvin Mims, and a second rounder in 24 for our guests, for our people that don't know. Um what do you think of that one? I think it's way too much. I think it's way too much. Like, like, um, like again, I'm a swift believer, especially at cost, but I, I do acknowledge the risk and you have two prospects that I really like at Jaden Reed and Mims. And one of those guys is likely to pop. And, and then another second who could be, if you really think another Jaden Reed and another Mims, I I just think it's way too much. It's just way too much. Like Swift is probably worth a late first to a second right now, depending depending on who who owns them. If someone's tired of them or not. So, and again, I love I love David as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was looking at that trade. I was just like, 
man, it's just way too much, especially with Mims's value just going up with the injury news. And then you got, you know, Jaden Reed, who's making ripples and really locking down that slot role in Green Bay. And then you top it off with a second. Like right now, I'm at that level where I could pay up two seconds for DeAndre Swift, and that's where I'm maxing out. Like I'm not going any further than that. I, like, I, like you said, he's the most talented guy there, but he's just, even compared to Rashad Penny, he's a little unproven. And I'm like, you know, you want to get proven assets when it comes to running back. Because if you're if you're really going with the untapped potential, it could really bite you in the ass. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, like again, this is one of those backfields where I love everyone at ADP. Like I'll take Swift at ADP. Um, like I probably like uh, Rashad Payton's uh, Rashad Penny's uh, um, ADP is fine. I just wouldn't pay for it, and then. Kenneth Gainwell costs pretty much nothing. So, like, I, honestly, I'm upset with myself not coming away with more Gainwell. I think I got a little bit of him um, in best ball, but we'll pay the bills one more time. And then we'll talk about Justin Fields and um, kind of what the analytics crowd thinks about him next. Jazz, Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook. The world's best resource for online wagering. Jazz Casino, folks. Um, as always, that is how we get paid. Make sure to uh, like su and subscribe. And we're here talking preseason reactions. Um, uh, someone else who I follow, and they definitely have a different view than what I have, is uh, Bulletproof Bean Counter. Um He's a big analytics guy, and they hate Justin Fields. They think that he's garbage. Um, I think that he's a good prospect, and they're freaking out because he had like three passes for 169 yards and two touchdowns, and two of them came off of basically designed touches. And I'm I, me personally, I'm willing to ignore that because it's preseason, and a lot of them just do simple bread and butter plays, and they're not busting out. They're, they're not busting out the goods during preseason. They just don't do that. Um, so, again, I'm still a believer, especially when you consider in fantasy. Like, I'm a believer in him as a quarterback for, like, NFL. So, as fantasy, I really – I'm all in, especially at ADP because he has, like, top three upside. And you're buying as him as, like, uh, in some cases, like the QB8. So, um, uh, Andrew, are you back with us? Mm, Justin, back no. to you. Not a, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't get the hate on Justin Fields. Guy can't seem to do anything right. The guy has a magnificent preseason performance and everybody's still coming for him. Um, and you know, who's, who's also going for this guy, me at his current ADP. Cause this is a guy who can legitimately break into the top five. A la Jalen Hurts style as a rusher, as well as a passer. Um, like you said, like we're just, you know, preseason, 
it's all about just kind of like getting that reps in with a live defense who wants to come take off your head. And that, I mean, shit, did you have any problem with that little screen pass to D- DJ Moore to the house? No, oh. I mean, it's fantasy points. And like, again, exactly. like I get what, I get what they're saying is that he can't create downfield and that's just objectively not true. Well, you know, well it's also, it. it's also because the bears, I mean, I was reading also that the bears, their receivers had the least amount of yak yards last year. So it's like, yeah, sure. He wasn't creating, but neither was the receiving. Like you, you have to have like the, both of both uh, units connecting there, the receiving core and the quarterback. If you don't have good receivers, then they can't get good breaks. Then they can't make something happen. If they can't get downfield, have like an open throw for Justin Fields to go to, then what's the whole fucking point of, you know, the play? At that point, it's it's null and void. Like you can't do anything. I, I feel for Justin Fields because now he finally has somebody who can get good breaks, who can get separation, who can get downfield, and obviously now can get yak yards. Let's see what happens now. Josh Allen wasn't a good quarterback until Stefan Diggs came into his life. Now everybody thinks he's a freaking god at quarterback. But what, three years ago, everybody was like guessing if he was going to be the next Jamison Winston, having 30 interceptions in a year. Yeah, it's just like I, I, I get it. Like we, we've got to project in the future. It just feels like like even when Justin Fields is right, he's wrong like he, like he can give the right answer but he didn't word it properly and then everyone's gonna ding him you know it's kind of like when you used to do like anyone who's done online math in college you forget to put a comma uh for a thousand and it says that your answer is wrong even though it's still a thousand you just didn't put a comma after a one you know it's just yeah. like shit like that you know it seems incredibly nitpicky i'm still in the next one is a quickie um Dorian Thompson Robinson has lit up preseason. Like, like he, like he's a, he was a fun prospect in college. Like again, like he's a little, he's, he's way old. He's way old. So, uh, but at the same time, you got to think of where the Browns are at. And then if actually um, Deshaun Watson has it, is he worth a stash? Um, Or where are you at, Justin? I mean, you say he's way old. He's only 23. And like a little nugget for you is for everybody is that uh, I just found this out myself. He didn't even start playing quarterback till like his senior year of high school. Like, so this guy has just been an exciting utility man on the football field. He's kind of like what Anthony Richardson was, but he's just not nearly as ripped or as physically mm-hmm. gifted. Um, I mean, shit, you, you, it's, it's exciting to have that type of guy on the waiver wire for when, if Deshaun Watson goes down. But, I mean, theoretically, he's not going anywhere. They're going to want to keep him there because you can plug him right into the offense in that situation. You'd say he's the break glass in case of emergency and put him right in there. He's a younger version of Jacoby Brissett in that sense. Um, But, yeah, he's so damn – he was so damn exciting in that game. The only person that was more exciting to me was uh, Tank Dell. And that was a little bit was because of that freaking catch. That catch was kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can Tank Dell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, don't I, I, I don't know what happened. It was like all of a sudden my – I had to completely leave StreamYard and come back in order for my settings to actually take 
change. That was weird. I apologize. That's literally what happens to me every week. That like what what just happened to you? Except it happens with my video. Like uh, it's it's wild with streamer. Great. I'm anyway, gonna, glad I'm to have you back. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, dude. It sucks. And I missed all the topics that I had like legitimate takes on it. And Dorian Thompson's the one I come back for, which like. Sure, it's dynasty. It's fun to stash guys like this. He's going to be better than Joshua Dobbs. He's probably going to be the QB two uh, instead. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, I feel like this should be like the end of like PTI or or at the end of fucking uh, one of those shows where we just give Andrew Leducas two minutes to rant and rave about shit. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm because and of course like, I, I went out right when we're talking about Kendra Miller, which I was like the most prepared for because me and Brian Scott wrote about. Kendra Miller in the inside the medical tent this week, so I was like ready to go with that, and then all of a sudden, boom, I'm gone. I you got like, two on. minutes. Shoot, shoot, like go, go with your Kendra. So, so Kendra, I I agree with you guys. Kendra Miller is they had lost confidence in him weeks ago, and that's why they brought in Kareem Hunt at the time. Like the writing was on the wall for Kendra Miller that they're only going to bring in a, a vet like that uh, if they don't fully trust in him. So now you add the injury onto it. Um, I wouldn't. I still say. I said it in on inside the medical tent. I still think Hunt takes a visit again and ends up signing with the Saints here in the end because now that they know Kamara is only going to be out three weeks, and there's been those rumors that Kamara is going to be used a bit more like a slot receiver and a gadget guy. Uh, I I see Kareem Hunt still ending up on this team, being useful in this game uh, uh, on this team, and I don't see Kendra Miller really having a factor fantasy wise on this team. Anytime in the next couple of years. Yep, it makes um, yeah, yeah. To me, he's he's someone, especially at cost for dynasty, where you're you're paying a second at the least. I'm not willing to buy. I, I've come up on Devin Ashane, so like yeah. it, like if you can move Kendra Miller for Devin Ashane somehow and maybe sure. pay a little bit, I'm I would do that ten times out of ten. You know, with, like, with the way like, with the way that Miami backfield is set up right now, where it could be anybody, I'd rather take the chance on Ashane than. Than someone like Kendra Miller, who's behind Kamara and most likely another veteran back. No, Jamal Williams. Yeah. Jamal Williams. Sorry, I completely forgot about Jamal. Miller. I knew there was someone else. Yeah, Jamal Williams. Dennis Allen's he's, son. He, well, here, and here's the other point. Here's the other point about Jamal Williams. The Saints would not be hammering videos and and um, articles and, and statements by Jamal Williams all over social media, all over the news, if they didn't plan on making him like a, a part of their team this year. Like Jamal Williams is here on this team to stay. They are playing the PR game with him because he's a fan favorite, and they're going to feed those fans what they want in Jamal Williams. So Kendra Miller, out. Yep. Yep. He said it. Like I said, you, you did that in under a minute. That was very definitive. Because so. I was ready to go. I was so mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you said, man. It, it, it's it's hard for me to pay. And like like Devon Shane just has like you named all all of that. That Kendra Miller has. Devon Shane has Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert will eliminate himself by week three somehow. Exactly. Like, it, and then it, Jeff Wilson will be eliminated by week five. Yeah. It, it's it's <laughs> like these guys. Like, and, and again, he, he's a guy. Like, I, I was a hater. Like this isn't me like trying to jump on a, a bandwagon. I'll admit I was a hater. But it's one of those things. This is why preseason matters. For me, mm-hmm. it was size. It was size. I had to see it against 
NFL talent. The fact that he Ouch. can make a tough run and not get blown back three yards. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but like, and at least have a little bit of thump. Like I had to see it. And then once I see it against real NFL talent, I feel pretty good about it. So I'm it's wheels up. That's where we ended this week, folks. Again, I am Jagger at Fantasy Blue Chip. With me as always is uh, Fantasy Jesus, Justin Huera. You can find him at Simtex Mix 93 and Andrew Delu- uh, Andrew LaDuke at Real Mr. Mallard. Mr. Sophistication is always bringing that golf content along with football content and get him close to like, are you, are you close to 1500 yet? You, you should be close. I'm, I'm like, I like 14 away, something like that. So get me there, guys. Let's Twitter go. at Real Mr. Mallard. Go follow him, Let's man. Go. Yeah, go follow him and we'll, we'll see you again next week, folks. See ya.